you know, it's all about education. Where, you know, it's about education meets recess. So I'm like, you guys are teachers, brewers, scientists, uh, marketing people, <laughs> website designers. Uh, let me tell you, that's a true teacher. We take our creativity a little too far some days. I, I like to tell everybody, the only thing I take really super serious is the beer. The rest of the stuff around here is just fun, and it should be, and let's keep it fun. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Do you want to go back to school? I want to go back to school if it includes beer, yes. Well, yeah, Schoolhouse Brewing in Marietta, <laughs> Georgia totally includes beer. You want to go back to school now? I do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. They could probably teach me a thing or two. I hope so. You need a thing or two taught to you. <laughs> like how to open a podcast better? I don't know. We're kind of entertaining <laughs> on that, so that's okay. We're doing all right. But this one, we're excited... Um, First, we're excited because we get to meet Thomas and Justin from Schoolhouse Brewing in Marietta, Georgia. Which, yeah, just talking to those guys, I wish I we we could, but we can't. I wish we could make a beeline down there right now. Yeah, fun. Georgia. And actually, setting the stage, we're in Denver getting ready for um, a bunch of snow coming in. Well, that's Denver yeah. for you in the winter, spring time, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, we're dreaming of Georgia right now. <laughs> but so second of all, I'm excited because of another thing. We're partnering up with Malt Europe. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we've actually been working with Malt Europe for a while, but this is a new thing we're doing with Malt Europe. Who is Malt we're, Europe? Malt Europe is a fantastic malting company, which for those of you that don't know what that is, that's, they make those malts, those grains that go in those golden beverages that we love and the inky black beverages that we love and the even the clear pilsner looking be beverages that we love you know but uh malt's kind of one of the key ingredients to beer yeah it's a it's pretty important yeah very important <laughs> without the malt we don't have any alcohol in there and <laughs> so uh, if you don't have malt in there you've got seltzer water and you know i'm not going to go down that road teach but. their own but anyhow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're partnering up with malt europe for this podcast series that we're doing with um several breweries highlighting some breweries that malt europe works with um for american craft beer week which is may 10th through the 16th so this is our first one that we're going to be putting out for them so we're excited for that no that's fantastic i mean it's it's been really fun working with malt europe anyway and this is another new facet we can add to it, which I think is really cool. And um, don't worry, it's not like an hour-long sales pitch for Malt Europe. They're really wanting to shine the spotlight on the breweries that they work with because they they really enjoy that partnership. They really see it as a partnership with these breweries. And, you know, they have really worked, picked up some great breweries to work with and they're the kind of brewery that we would normally go interview anyway, and that's and, what I was which gonna makes it great. For go, us. yeah, it so makes it really easy. Go with this is an easy partnership for the podcast with this because it's exactly if we were in um, Georgia right now, we would be at Schoolhouse interviewing uh, them. Absolutely. Anyhow, because they're that kind of a brewery. Um, yeah. They're yeah, really you'll, cool. you guys will see when we talk to them here in a minute that you know, just oh. like a lot of the other breweries we've talked to, there's just something cool that you connect with with these guys. Just yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah. Former teachers. 
Well, yeah, for you, that's a big thing right there. You, they're former teachers. You're a former teacher. Um, I love beer. They love beer. They also have... We um, work on our own website. They work on their own website. They well, yeah, wear a billion hats. We wear a billion hats. You'll learn that, too, because <laughs> they also have a homebrew shop. So it's a brewery and a homebrew shop. So it's really yes. cool. So yeah. It fires on a lot of cylinders for yeah, us. It's really, really great. Um, also, I want to mention, um, we also have Rick Barney on there. You won't hear much from him. He's one of uh, Malt Europe's distilling and craft sales managers. But... He's on there as well, kind of. You'll hear a few words yeah. from him. He's inspired by Thomas and Justin as much as we are. So yeah. right, Rick is right. Rick is their representative at Malt Europe, and so he, uh, you know, he helped facilitate the interview and and really pointed us to these guys. And you know, he, like I said, Malt Europe isn't wanting to take this over as a big commercial for them. We're making more of a commercial out of it than they are. He is, but. but uh, <laughs> You know, that's what I do. But um, Rick really wanted to throw the spotlight back on on Thomas and Justin, too, and what they've created at Schoolhouse. And I'm not going to give anything away, but especially this last year has been a tough year for everybody. But there's some really special moments in this conversation, I think, that, I mean... It makes Real, you it make, fall it made in me love. all gushy. And it gooey did. And, and <laughs> it's just like Rick said too. It makes you fall in love with the whole industry again, craft beer yeah. and craft brewery all over again. If you ever fell out of it, I don't know why you would have fallen out of love. But anyhow, yeah. So maybe we should put the highlight back on Schoolhouse Brewing. Yeah, we should. I should stop yapping and let Justin and Thomas talk a little bit. All right, here they are. <laughs> Schoolhouse Brewing. I just want to say hi. This is Th- Thomas and Justin. We haven't really officially met there, so yep. I guess. I guess. Hey, <laughs> um, I guess just tell us about the brewery story. We've read up on it, and it's a really interesting story, but tell us your version of it. Yeah, so it kind of started about eight or nine years ago. Uh, I was ready to get out of the classroom. Um, just time to move on, and I... Uh, kind of called Justin and said, hey, I got this crazy idea. I'm going to open up uh, basically a craft beer bar slash growler bar slash homebrew shop and uh, just have this small little thing going. And I I did that um, and ran that for about – it was open for five, five and a half years, but about four years in, then Justin came and – We'd always, we'd been brewing together for, you know, forever, forever, (laughs) um, just home brewing. And it was kind of a joke when we opened up the, the craft beer bar because we weren't going to have a home brew shop. That wasn't like the first idea, but then he and I were started talking. I was like, well, you know, we can get all of our stuff at wholesale if I just (laughs) open a little shop. So we'd have our own little, you know, home brew shop that we could grab whatever we want it when we want it. And that was uh, where it was started. And then, like I said, about four years in, Justin comes up and says, you know, I, he he was ready to. Yeah, it, it was time. I, I was ready to switch up careers again. And uh, we also knew that, you know, the, the laws were changing in the state, which would make direct sale, uh, you know, something that was actually possible now, not just you know, finding loopholes. And so we wouldn't have to create something where we were solely relying on, uh, you know, max quantities going out to distribution. We could, we could brew what we wanted and actually, you know, get decent margins on it. Um, 
And I, I also think Thomas is pretty humble here too. He, it should also be pointed out that while he was operating that homebrew shop, he was doing classes and he was working with homebrewers who would come in and he was writing recipes for people who would then brew those beers, submit them to contests, and win awards. <laughs> right, and and he was just you know it was just another thing to him. So I knew before we even got started that we had a head brewer who could just off the cuff produce an amazing recipe. And we are at batch two hundred and fifty now, I think, of unique recipes, and every one of them has been solid. Nice. So, yeah, is that something that I think you guys say you don't brew the same beer over and over, right? Is that, that is that part of the schoolhouse kind of theme that you do? Well, you know, in today's beers, uh, in today's craft beer world, people call it Rotation Nation, and yeah. you know everybody's looking for the the new, the fresh, the best, whatever it is. Um, they they really want that that. So, and me, ADHD can't keep. You know, can't really just focus on any one thing all the time. I've got to have like 20 things going on or I'm not happy. And uh, <laughs> I'd end up, um, you know, if I had to, to brew the same beer every single day, I'd lose my mind. I literally would lose my mind. And people would, I mean, I, I'd lose a lot of friends. Um, <laughs> so... So we came up with, you know, a couple core values and um, one of them was new, fresh and local, which that's what we really wanted was to be to have new beer all the time. We wanted it fresh and we wanted you to know that it was made local. And so we don't go to distribution very big. You know, we have a couple key accounts that we we like to keep our taps on and we kind of look at distribution as more of a, a a marketing thing to let people know that we are out there that might not have be know about the brewery itself um you know and the other one that we like to we like to say is we just like to let our liquid talk um you know don't try to hype it up too much just let it talk you know pour good beer and people will start enjoying it um, I want to go to uh, Marietta now because know, right? just looking at that and listening to you guys, that's for definitely the style of beer and style of brewery that I love. Let me tell you. And you are—you seem like you're very passionate about it. So speaking of that, like, what is what gets you really excited about Schoolhouse? Um, I'm a workaholic, so if <laughs> if I if I find a passion or if I set a goal. I'm a hundred percent, hundred. I'm a hundred percent, hundred percent of the time. Like I, I. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> Justin, are you uh, the one that brings them down a little bit? Try. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, my, my business card actually says "Crazy Train Brakeman" because <laughs> you will get it going, and I'm just always having to go. Okay, do we need to? Do we need to slow it just a little bit? Yeah, I keep a crazy schedule. I usually, you know, I'm usually in bed by midnight or one, and then I'm at the gym at five in the morning. Wow. So uh, it's um, it's fun. And <laughs> so for me, what my passion is, um, the liquid is very important to me. Like that, I, I like to tell everybody, the only thing I take really super serious is the beer. 
the rest of the stuff around here is just fun and it should be and let's keep it fun you know i i really do dig just the customers and making sure that they know who we are and what our values are all the time um you know there's very few breweries that you can come into and the owners and the brewers are still there at you know six seven o'clock at night just mm-hmm. talking to customers um you know we're on a little seven barrel system we're not huge uh but we do put out quite a bit of liquid like i said we usually put out a new style every week um we have 20 beers on tap right now wow. uh so and they're not all different styles but there we have if you look at our tap list it is pretty pretty varying so you don't have anything in particular that you kind of go this is our niche style this is what defines schoolhouse you kind of fly all over the radar yeah i mean i think what i'm known for uh my stouts and my ipas and your ability to hide alcohol well you'll sit down to something that's 10 or 12 percent and there's no alcohol burn at all you you don't even realize what you're drinking till you've finished it and then 10 minutes later you're stumbling around (laughs) yeah you're like all right maybe i should have the three and a half percent next you know let's pile it back a little well and i also um i taught uh brewing at our local university i was an adjunct professor also um at Kennesaw State University, first in the education department, I taught uh, ed- educational efficacy, educational law, but then I uh, I taught brewing, the art of brewing, um, for four semesters. Yeah, about four semesters. And uh, you know, I love if I if I put a passion into something, I want to know everything about it, and it's it's all consuming. So. If there's a a new style, a new yeast, a new anything out there, I want to know about it and how to use it and how to implement it. And um, I love bringing in, uh, you know, classic brewing techniques with modern brewing materials and vice versa, taking modern brewing techniques to classic styles. So... We always have a take on a beer. So it might not be, you know, when you see oatmeal stout, it might not be your traditional oatmeal stout. It might be a pastry oatmeal stout like we have on right now, the um, Dolce de Luchador. So good. So it's like a take on uh, Dolce de Leche Mm -hmm. um, and an imperial stout. So... No, there you go. I was gonna say, how about you, Justin? What's um, what's what gets you like? What's what do you work like worked up about with Schoolhouse? What's your passion within it, your it business? Probably the the connection. Uh, I'm just even construction of this place. Uh, we, I, you talk about like it takes a village. We <laughs> got so much help from friends and family and local businesses. Like it's it was mind blowing. Um, and they are, have become regulars and they have brought their friends and family who have become regulars. So it's, it's cool to be in a place where we produce great beer and every time a new beer comes out that week, you can expect to see a handful of people who have just become 
really close to it. I mean, they're family at this point. And, uh, and so, you know, if you, if you needed anything, you could ask them, but they also know us well enough to know that they can ask us. Uh, the beer we're releasing this week is named in memory of one of our buddy's moms who passed away recently. He came to us and asked if we would do that. He's also helped us, stepped in and been a guest brewer uh, on uh, our beers in the past, like our Oktoberfest. And so I, I don't think you get that at a lot of places, especially bigger breweries. So it's a, kind of the hometown feel uh, is what I is why I love coming here. Along those same lines, then what it, what gets you really worked up and excited about the in- industry itself? You know, the industry itself is is changing so rapidly. Um, I've I've kind of been in the industry for a long time now, even before I was owned the original shop. Um, you know, I was gypsy brewing for a while under other people's labels, doing that learning how to run big systems um not your traditional way to learn how to how to run a big system but i definitely went that route Mm -hmm. and um you know i love that how fast it's growing um i really do i i can't tell you enough that everybody everybody talks about you know competition and all that it I know across the nation, across the world, 90% of us will do anything for a brewer that's in need. Uh, we've got we got three breweries in two miles of our shop. And if they need something, they know they can reach out. You know, hey, do you have a couple bags of wheat? Yeah, come on, come on and grab them. We'll, we'll, we'll help you out. It's not a big deal. Uh, and it's... I love that part about this industry. Now, the growth of the industry is interesting. Um, I, I'm waiting to see some of the. I think all the brewers in the world have been saying this for like five or six years. This is the year of the logger. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've all said it. We keep saying it. But, uh, you know. I love doing crazy styles, but I'd love, I really would enjoy seeing some more breweries that they take some, not pride in their craft. I'm not trying to slant anybody on this, but, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of breweries take a hit very soon because you can't hide behind adjuncts all the time. Mm-hmm. And adjuncts are, there, there's a time and a place. Don't get me wrong. I was just talking to you about a, a pastry stout that we did. So we we definitely do that. And we, we do fruited Berliners and we do milkshake IPAs. And we'll do a, an English common like we have on what we call Lost Leader. So I think we're going to see a lot of – I'm excited about people coming back to traditional styles and showing off what they can really do. I like to call those the emperor's new clothes. You know, there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the old saying, like, if you can make a good pilsner, that a pilsner is what really shows your brewing chops, right? Oh, you can tell You can tell if a brewer is judging your brewery because the first thing they're going to do is order a lager or a pilsner. Right. 
every single time. If you ever go out with a, a, a brewer to another brewery, just watch them. First thing they'll order. I'll try your lager. <laughs> After several years of doing this, that's what I found myself doing lately is, is looking at like Pilsners and just I think part of that too is for years having gone over the top and gone to the darkest beer I can find, the hoppiest beer I can find. What and and at some point your palate just says, "Hey, I want to I want to tone it down a second and see appreciate that really well made classic pilsner style, or you know, even even a Schwartz beer on the dark side, you know, is a lot tougher to make than than a stout that you can bury a lot of adjuncts in or something." Yeah. It's, um... We, I mean, they're called brewer's beer for a reason. You know, they're called shifts, shift beers for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, if we had to drink, you know, 15% stouts and double IPAs all the time, it'd be hard on us. We wouldn't oh, yeah. get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You know your workaholic mode? It might be done if you do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And at least bring it down a notch. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so we've talked a lot about Schoolhouse and stuff. What are, for both of you guys, what are some of the things that you're most proud of at this point in where you're at? Whether it be with Schoolhouse or just personally, some of the things you've achieved over the years and, you know, some of the high points for you guys in your careers, whether it be as brewers or even before being a brewer or owning a brewery. I can say one of the things, especially over the last, you know, nine months to a year, for what we've been going through with the pandemic. And, you know, we couldn't have this conversation without bringing this up now, could we? No. Uh, We never laid one employee off. That's huge. Even when we uh, had to close the doors for three months, we paid them. We compensated them their tips that they were missing. Um, We kept everybody doing something every day. They, you know, it was, they were still at work, but we made sure that we stayed as a family. And that really did, I think, pay off for us in a 110 different ways. Like the karma that we got from that, I mean, our employees are, it's not just about being faithful, but they trust us because of it. They know that we'll take care of. I think I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, I think I'm also proud of how we've grown this business organically. And, you know, when you, when you're doing the website and you're building the bar and you're, you know, epoxying the floors yourself, you have a pride in it, but people see it. So, you know, our, our marketing and all that is all about, you know, we are as genuine as they come. This is what you get. Every time you come in, you get Thomas and Justin. And, and I, I think that to piggyback on that, too, um, starting with Thomas's original shot, but, I mean, the following just of homebrewers alone is, uh, to me, really a, a feat because – We've got people who come in and they're just maybe kind of interested in the entire, you know, craft beer, the, the concept of beer or making it. And 
we turn them into brewers. They are now regulars. They're coming here all the time. They're sharing their beer with us. They're sharing their recipes and getting feedback from us. Um, and I, I love that, like, we have our own homebrew club. You know, that didn't just come out of thin air. That was built upon people's trust in, in us giving them, you know, guidance and working through things with them. So it's, to me, it's pretty impressive. Uh, this year, I can't remember. I think they, I don't remember how many submissions they had to the Peach Peach State Brew Off. I don't know what how well they fared in it, but they've become ridiculously passionate about it. And they're constantly sharing it with us and thanking us for getting them to that point. Yeah, you guys mentioned, because you said, you know, COVID is going to be part of this conversation. It is. And you've mentioned um being keeping your employees on do you think that's one of the biggest challenges or what, what other challenges did you have to deal with over this past <laughs> you know that it was a i mean we there were a lot of passionate conversations about that you know when are we going to be able to do this when are we going to be able to do that um you know the some of the most trying things about it are seeing people in the community, other businesses struggling, restaurants and servers and, you know, head brewers and people just getting laid off and people getting sick and people passing away, you know, that, I mean, you got to look past your nose to see the rest of the world. And, to be honest, we we have been blessed mm -hmm. beyond compare that our doors are still open. I mean, we were only open for nine months as a brewery when the pandemic hit. And our customers, what we like to call our family, I mean, they were ordering more beer than I know they could drink. Wow. <laughs> Just to come and pick up crowlered beer to help us keep our to keep the lights on right. so to ask me you know what was the most trying thing we had no trials or tribulations we cannot complain we cannot i will not i will not complain so i think it's made and I look, I look at it positive. I think oh, you're about to just say the same thing. It's so much stronger, so much more efficient, so much more appreciative. Um, I mean, we are lean and mean now, you know, and, and better for it. And, you know, we, we down to the point of um, if there's another disaster of, of this kind of thing. I, I remember being in the old shop where if it's, if we shut down for snow for like a week in the South, I was sweating it. I mean, I was really, really super sweating it. And, you know, now I, I look at it and go, well, we've done it before. We can do it again. Like Justin was saying, we've, we've become strong. We've become lean. We've become an organization that knows what the value of the people around us are. And that's the only thing that I love. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we have is each other. 
Yeah, I mean, you, and I, when I hear other brewers, I mean, I hear other people all around the world just complaining and, you know, when can I get back out? Uh, this is, you know, this is a year. It's a year and a half. But let's look out for the rest of the, let's look out for everybody, not just think about ourselves right now. And that's, that's number one. Where else have you found support within the community? Because you've obviously found it within your customers and your family. Like you said, your customers are your family. How have you found, like, or have you, hopefully you have, in your suppliers or your vendors or how? Yeah, I mean, you know, with our suppliers and vendors, that's that's a hard one. I mean, they're running a business also. So, I, you know, Mall Europe definitely helped us out they've cut us an amazing uh break on and still given us a, a good discount since we were early adopters to malt europe um they give us a, a great deal on sacked grains and on, on good quality grains and, that's, and that's they, key yeah and it's not that we're getting a, a under quality product it's actually some of the best base malts i've ever used um, so, yeah, from Malt Europe, that's that one thing. Um, we, we did it a little different than everybody else. I think, um, we're, we're really altruistic people. I, so the moment like the, the schools shut down, we, our brewery is actually in a low socioeconomic area. Um, like most, uh, like a lot of breweries mm-hmm. in the nation. Yeah. And, and it should be noted that we taught kids from this area for over a decade. Yeah. So we taught in the same district that we brew in now. And that's what I was about to say was we knew these kids, their parents still had to go to work or their parent still had to go to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And that parent was working two to three jobs. So they needed First thing we thought was we need to get them food that kids of, you know, nine, 10 years old that are going to be by themselves in their house can make themselves. So we started a food drive. Uh, we started looking at a local uh, mentoring program called Yells that's right down the street. And we were like, you know what? We're going to take them as a focus also. Uh, keeping our people on on staff, making sure that they, they had a value because it wasn't so much the check. I mean, they probably could have gotten more money by the federal government subsidizing the unemployment. But our idea was give them value, give them something to do, give them something to keep their minds off of it. Let's stay together. So it wasn't so much what people did for us. It was how can we give back and get through this together? Um, we really didn't want to think about us at that point because that's personally, that's where we got in, got to this point right now is because certain people, certain person was thinking about themselves. Well, and I think you. Didn't mean to go deep, but no, that's no, okay. I love that's it. perfectly okay. Yeah, you can. Every, 
everybody's entitled to their opinions on everything. So, I mean, this is awesome, folks. I'm I'm falling in love with the industry all over again. Right? I know, Seriously? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what you just said there, I think that we're all in this together, and the what you were doing to give back to the community, and and I think also you guys making sure that you kept your employees engaged and on and on the job even when you you didn't have a place to to have open and sell you're giving people a sense of self-worth and so they don't fall down that hole like you hear of so many people that are depressed right now and just burned out and fried from this year of being cooped up inside or whatever it is and not engaging with the world you're giving people an outlet to engage with the world and keep some pride in themselves and and just have that human relationship even if you can't be more than six feet close together or whatever whatever the guidance is you know um there's some there's a lot to be said with that just having that sense of self-worth and that you're you're not just sitting there waiting waiting for things to get better you know I, I think that's huge you it's huge can he get some <laughs> I get kind of sappy and when, when you touched him you can tell you touched him this is what you said because he gets yeah, sappy. yeah. like rick just said you kind of hit my heartstrings doesn't there know how bit, to so. respond it was it was great yeah what you guys well, said thank you. <laughs> how have you noticed your suppliers your customers your family all that behaving differently now than before covid yeah i mean we we've uh, there's a number of people that we haven't seen in a long time and you know they were regulars and they would be here and we would be talking and we've not seen a lot of people they are acting differently and i think everybody's acting differently now i mean it's it it's if you're not acting differently you're part of the problem i think <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's also been a positive where we have had it, vendors and, and local businesses who have said, hey, you know, we understand. Um, what can we do to make this easier for you? Because we want you to keep your doors open. You know? Um, yeah. They, uh, I think we we always say we. It, I don't think there's a time any day that we don't say, you know, in the next couple months when it gets back to normal. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I think everybody says it daily. Yep. You know, I don't know what normal is going to look like from here on out. Um, personally, I don't, I mean, I think about, I think back and I'm like, well, damn, how unsat sanitary were we before this? Like, right. <laughs> how dirty were we? <laughs> Evidently, yeah. we evidently we didn't know how to wash our hands properly. So <laughs> maybe maybe we at least learned that out of this. I hope. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I think people are getting to appreciate time with each other more, and getting time when they do have a chance to come to a tap room. And we're very lucky. We have a very large beer garden outside. We have a large tasting room where everything's spread out. We have sanitizer on every, you understand, yeah. every table. You're not allowed to come. If you're moving in our brewery, you have to be wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. We talk to the customers all the time. We've always said that 
we only have a couple things. We have our reputation, and we sell the same the same product just like everybody else. I mean, we were in a meeting yesterday, and I said, guys, what's the difference between Target and Walmart? What's the difference between Kroger and Publix? What's the difference between, you know, Sam's Club and Costco? Mm-hmm. One's a premium brand. One's not so much a premium brand. But they sell the same thing. What, what's different? And yeah, we're going to focus on being different. We're going to be. We're going to focus on separating ourselves by giving the customer that experience and giving them an opportunity to get back into relationships. Yeah. Where I think that we've been almost forced not to have relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, think about all the people. I mean, all the people in the world that don't have a significant other, and they're by themselves right now. Ugh. I mean, that's yeah. sad. So hopefully, you know, once in a while they can come out and be with us, and we can brighten their day. I love it. Okay. Are you doing anything special for American Craft Beer Week? And it's in May, right? In May, we are not that far out. We're through April mm-hmm. on our planning. Um, we will. We will have something. I was actually thinking about uh, dialing back going into that, so not releasing anything, clear up the board a little bit, and then put out five or six beers that are just going to blow some people's minds and make it a hopefully a big party. Hopefully. So maybe go yeah. really heavy that week and release a beer every day maybe? Yeah. I've been playing with the idea. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be, um, it's going to be fun. And we've got Georgia craft beer. We come uh, Georgia craft beer day coming up in uh, two, three weeks. Okay. Um, which is fun. I see you're wearing Omaha brewing. Oh yeah. Omaha. I am. Wearing yeah. Omaha. You know those guys? Doc Lee. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Doc Lee. He's a great guy. Um, Love those guys over there. They're fantastic. We've actually stayed out there with them a few times in our RV. Yeah. Did, did they take you out shooting the 50 caliber? We did not go shooting. We did not. <laughs> although I'm, next time I'm back, next time we're there, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him on that one. Although then. when we were there, we were hanging out afterwards late at night, and Doc comes in, he comes running through the brewery, he's like, "Come see what I got!" And he got this this uh, buck that he had been hunting for, he said like years, and he like had him in the years. back of his truck. <laughs> yep. yep. That's Doc. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so each of you have to answer this. So first of all, I want to know what your favorite beer style is and why. And then you need to tell me if you were a beer, what beer would you be and why? I like that question a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You you probably can't tell she was also a teacher. I was. So just to let you know, our interview process for our employees, my question to round out the interview is always asking about what spirit animal uh, they have. (laughs) Well, now you have this one to give to them. Yeah, no, I like this a lot. What's your spirit beer? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my favorite style would be, you're you're like asking me which one's my favorite child. Um, I, I didn't ask you what your favorite beer was. Uh, I would say style. I'm definitely, I lend towards loggers and pilsners. Um, that's just, uh, that's me. 
Now, I love all the other styles. I love drinking all all styles of beer. But if if I go somewhere to another brewery or even here, you'll you'll catch me either drinking like a three to five percent something, and then judging. Yes, <laughs> judging very hard too. <laughs> and and I gotta say I. I, I don't want to be cliche, but I'm an IPA guy, and, yeah. and I don't know if I can narrow down like whether it's a West Coast or a New England or somewhere in between. Uh, but I just I love hops, like I and I, I like seeing them shine through in a beer. Um, I'm a huge fan of like dry stouts, but I just can't drink those most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. there there's certain times of the year that a stout's fantastic, but IPAs. All year long. Nice. What? What kind of beer would you be? Yeah, that's it. I feel like you might be like, that's an easy question. Or something. (laughs) Something that's cured and took a lot of time, but will smack you in the face. Exactly. (laughs) I I could see that. Like an old giz or uh, old bronze. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for you. Yeah, that's me. I'm barrel aged and. Yeah. I feel like I'd be hazy. No, you'd be like a brawny. I mean, um, I think I think a, a hazy maybe. I'm sweet. I'm a little bitter, and ultimately, I'm really cloudy because <laughs> my memory is horse stuff. Like it's horrible. Um, it's all of the files because I think, otherwise, I wouldn't remember anything. So uh, I think this is more impressive that we got through this interview without cursing. Shh, don't ruin it now. Or saying oh. something completely inappropriate. Yeah. Mm. That's fine. You know, I tend to like more people when they curse, so. <laughs> uh, it, what is it? It's a mark of intelligence. Yep. That's what I can tell myself. <laughs> the articles that I like to read say. I don't know about the other ones. So. I think it's evident now while I, while I thought of, you know, Thomas and Justin in Schoolhouse. I just, I so appreciate the big picture to life that they bring to the forefront of what they're trying to do and let's face it um we all appreciate the creativity the nimbleness the fortitude the passion that the brewing community has 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 gone through and you know put on display during these challenging times and it's it's, it is very hard it's a people driven industry and to not be able to get together is very difficult for everyone but, uh, you know, stories like we've just heard, um, they still find a way to make it about the people. And that's what I think is appreciated the most. Yeah. Agreed. Well, keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing, but don't burn yourselves out, guys, because you need to stick around for a while. Oh, we won't burn out. <laughs> Good. Go with too, we're too bright to burn out. Nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, okay. it was awesome. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Cheers, you all. Guys. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Take care. So right there, you could see what I was talking about when I said you get all gushy and gooey with these guys because the, I mean, the stuff, I mean, it, it was a, you know, for a lot of people, it was a challenging year, tough year. And like to go so as far as they did and kept all their employees. I mean, you know, these a small business period, let alone a brewery. Let alone it's, one that was only open for nine months before COVID right, hit. Exactly barely open, small business, kept all their employees somehow. I mean, that's got to go like a million miles with their employees, 
with their their fans or community that comes in to drink there all the time. Everybody sees that, you know, they see that you support the people that make your business happen. And that's huge. And that's huge. And not only that, but, you know, I really love the homebrew brewery concept because not only do they have a homebrew shop there, but you, you heard them talk. They, they never brew the same beer twice. That's a very, very much a homebrewer type of mentality, I think. And I love that. I love bringing that into the pro space where they're doing these really cool beers all the time and trying not to brew the same thing twice. I mean, eventually I think that's going to have to change, but, but there's a lot of different things you can do to a beer to make it a little bit different. So. But they also still focus on quality, obviously, and oh, traditional obviously, yeah. and traditional styles too at the same time. So that's what's really cool about that. Yeah, and you know, I have no doubts they could brew the same beer twice if they wanted to, but... <laughs> New, fresh, and local. That's New, one thing fresh, that they say. Local. And they like to let their liquid talk. So maybe you should stop talking and we should let their oh, liquid you're talk. you telling me to shut up, basically? Yeah, because I have things to say, too. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You have the floor, my lady. <laughs> Everything that Kenny said was well said, and I agree with. <laughs> but just to, you know, if you are visiting um, the Atlanta area, Marietta, Georgia, all of that, or even anywhere in Georgia at all, we did mention a little story about Doc Lee from mm-hmm. Omaha Brewing. Um, I don't know how far that is from Atlanta area. It's not that far, really. No, I mean it's it's not a half hour drive, but it's probably a couple hours at least. No, but, yeah, but um, it's, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. It's kind of a destination brewery. You should definitely check it out. And we'll it definitely um, is destination. I, I guess in a way we could say this episode could be sponsored by that, but not really. But no. anyhow, we have a lot of resources at livingastoutlife.com, and one of them would be um, a stout conversation and article that we wrote about our Omaha Brewing family, and that's join the Omaha Brewing family. I'll put that link in the show notes. And then speaking of Atlanta area. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time in Atlanta, and we weren't there when Schoolhouse was open, so we didn't get there yet, but we will. But we did spend um, a really well-spent day in Little Five Points yes, in Atlanta. We'll, and we give you a little tour of Little Five Points um, on our website. Yeah, so I'll link that in the show notes, too. So if you have an interest in Atlanta, hit those up and definitely hit up Schoolhouse. Um, we can't wait to go there, so definitely do that. And also before we head out, I want to thank uh, Rick for taking time. I want to thank Thomas and Justin for taking time. And I want to thank Malt Europe for um, putting this together for American Craft Beer Week. We, again, we're thrilled to be partnering with this for that. Um, check out Malt Europe, their website too, just to see what the malts and the love that they put into the beer. So check out Malt Europe, maltingco.com. M-A-L-T-E-U-R-O-P-M-A-L-T-I-N-G-C-O.com. There's no E at the end. Got it? Okay, check them out. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're we're thrilled to be partnering with them on that. And one more thing before you leave, if you haven't heard about it yet, you've got to come visit us in Ure this fall, October 7th through the 10th at Camp Carpe Diem, where we're meeting up with so many different people, trying new things, and just having a grand old time. It's kind of built as an adult camp. Yeah, it's for people looking at that traveling lifestyle, whether you're a full-time traveler, part-time traveler, you just want to find ways to build a community on the road, that's what we're doing, building community. C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M.com. Campcarpedium.com. And all all those will be in the links in the show notes too. So yeah, and what else should they do? Um, If you like the podcast, please share it with a friend, leave a review, subscribe, 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 subscribe. We love that. That all helps us out a lot. So uh, yeah. Until then, talk to you next time. Bye, Spear, too. Cheers. Cheers. 
Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.